it's Maddie, and today on the Beast Story podcast, we're going to start off by talking about Game of Thrones Season 8, Episode 1, which is kind of a great thing to start off on, you know, kind of giving the vibe of the show, and I'm really excited to talk about it. So, if you haven't seen it, spoiler alert, there's going to be plenty of spoilers in here, I'm really bad at that. Alright, so Season 8, Episode 1. So, this episode starts off with Daenerys and Jon coming home, and you don't know how excited I was to see this. I really didn't think we'd get these reunions so quickly into the episode. I honestly thought we'd have to, you know, slug through some boring stuff on the voyage, the ship, you know, some political maneuvering here and there, but I didn't think we'd get it in the first five minutes with Arya seeing Jon. It was such a pleasing moment to watch because I was like, oh my god, there he is. I was literally sitting on the couch having a total freak out because this is the first time these characters have seen each other since season one, since season one, episode one. And when she saw Gendry, I was just over the moon. No joke, I was screaming. I mean, it was a mess. But back to the episode. So, John and Daenerys, they come in on their horses and with their army, and they're all ready, you know, to show off, and then all of a sudden, we're in Winterfell, we are in the common room, they are discussing this whole big change of events that has taken place with John bending the knee to Daenerys, of all people, and the North is not happy. The North looks at Daenerys and just goes, um, no, sorry, honey. We made a ruler, we made the decision, and you are not him. You are not the king of the north. And Sansa, of all people, she is the one that is, like, the bitchiest to Daenerys. Honestly, I was kind of shook because, you know, I get it. She's been through a lot. Don't get me wrong. Sansa has a lot that she's dealt with over the years. But, girl, she was being rude, straight rude. And at first I was like, all right. I really hope they are not going to turn this into a cat fight because that would honestly kind of suck for me. I just feel like they are two people who honestly should get along when you look at both their records, their personality types, the struggles they've gone through. There are some similarities here and there. And just how cold she was, it's understandable. And I know they're probably going to end up seeing eye to eye in the end of the day. They kind of were towards the end of the episode. But just the, you know, the snaps coming off the bar Sansa was spitting. She was like, what do your dragons eat? And then Daenerys goes, what they want. I'm sorry. That was a moment that I was just snaps, snaps for Daenerys. But damn, that was cold. It was cold on both sides. I I know they're going to get along in the end, so I don't really care as much about this. It just, it was funny. But um, I kind of wish they didn't go in this direction. I knew they were going to, but I don't know. I don't need to see a cat fight. So next up is the reunion between John and Arya, which was so heartfelt. It was so sweet. Honestly, there's really not much else I can say about it. It was perfect. It was exactly what I wanted. And, <laughs> okay, I don't know if anyone's read that really weird fan fiction about Arya and John when they were younger. I think it's... Um, it's something like everyone has a summer and yes I have read it and it is insanely inappropriate 
especially considering, you know, how old Arya is in the books. And I don't know if they took it from the books or the show inspiration. Either way, she's too young. He's too old. But <laughs> he was, like, staring at the weirwood tree. And when he turned around and he looked at Arya, I literally, it just reminded me of that fan fiction. And I haven't read that in a while. But just, like, that image, if you've read it, you know what I mean. I don't want to get any further into it because it is, it's bad. But, you know, people will find it if they want to. But, anyway, back to the episode. <laughs> Sorry, I keep going on these tangents. Arya and John meeting up. It was perfect. It was sweet. It was so cute. I was so happy for them. And, again, it was another freak out moment because I was waiting for it the whole time. Oh, another Arya reunion, reunion ugh, I want to swing back to is Arya, Gendry, and Arya and the Hound. So, it's when they're in, you know, downstairs, they're making, like, the iron, the dragon glass, all the weapons they need for the next battle, and then <laughs> it so happened that Arya just shows up with the Hound and Gendry sitting right there having a conversation, and just... Arya snapping at the hound and him snapping right back at her it was perfect for their relationship because the relationship was never so sentimental so sweet it was always a little you know feisty and she did leave him for dead in the end but it was just so nice seeing them just pick up where they left off and I think that was the greatest part about it and now Gendry and Arya I'm not gonna lie it was a little fan servicey I don't think the line you know well, you haven't met many rich girls, was great. I honestly thought, was, I was like, what am I watching? Is this Game of Thrones or is this like some cheap teen movie? Yeah, that line just kind of threw me off and I didn't really love it. But besides that, I thought it was a sweet moment, but it did feel a little bit like, you know, hey guys, you guys remember Arya and Gendry? You know how many of you guys ship them? Well, here you go. Here's some fodder for that cannon. But it was still sweet nonetheless, just, I don't know, I feel like it could have been tweaked a little bit. I feel like it could have been edited, reworked, something could have been done with that. But we'll move on to Cersei and Euron. Ew. That is the first thing I have to say about it. Ew. Just gross. Honestly, I really hope she, like, any of those feelings she showed in this episode towards him, anything, like, with him being like, oh, you're not boring, blah, 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 blah. Honestly, it made me disgusted. Because that's not who Cersei is. She is cold. She's calculated. I almost wanted her to not show any emotion after they did it, you know? Like, <laughs> you know, after he screwed her, just, like, her being totally, like, just using him. Like, this is all to use him. Because she doesn't like him at all or she shouldn't she's such a smarter character than that and we've seen that throughout the seasons so i don't understand why she was being so kind of like flirtatious with him honestly major step down from jamie honestly major step down Ugh. and then you know what he's just a forgettable villain he's not on the level of joffrey he's not on the level of freaking I literally, how do I forget his name? How do I forget his name? Oh my god, I'm Bolton. Ramsey fucking Bolton. He's not on the same level as him. Not even close. Which is why, like, 
his taunting of Yara doesn't really bother me because I'm like, she's gonna get out. She's gonna leave. You know, I don't think he was ever gonna kill her. I didn't think anything bad was ever gonna happen to her. Euron was just annoying, and he still is. He's still arrogant. He's still like, like, thank you, next. Just put on a red coat because you're gonna die, honestly. He's one of the characters that there's no way he's making it out of this. I don't think he'll make it out of the next two episodes, honestly. Ugh, his character just annoys me, and it annoys me that Cersei was even, like, feeling any way towards him, flirting with him, anything. Just mistakes. I like the fact that she, you know, used him for sex, but I just don't think it was worth it to give him any more screen time. He he just needs to go. He's annoyed me since he started. And... Bye. But the next thing that you're on, the one thing, actually good thing he brought was the Golden Company this episode, which, again, I didn't think we'd actually get to see the Golden Company this episode, but I'm happy we did. Uh, when Cersei was disappointed about the elephants, I was like, damn, so am I, because I guess they, uh, they couldn't afford elephants this season, which, you know, kind of a downgrade, not gonna lie, kind of a downgrade. I was kind of on Cersei's boat. I was like, damn, didn't bring the fucking elephants. Well, you know, guess you have a bunch of men now who are just gonna be either siding with Daenerys in the end or becoming part of the Night King's army. I mean, honestly, the Golden Company, my problem with them is they've been introduced so late in the game that I almost just don't care anymore. Any new characters that are brought in, I just don't care because I'm more focused, personally, on what's going on in Winterfell than anything going on in King's Landing. I'll focus on what's going on in King's Landing after episode three of this season when we have the longest battle ever put to film, ever put to cinema, ever put to anything. It's going to be so good. It's going to be so great. And the Battle of Winterfell, whether they win, whether they lose, whether the living, you know, becomes victorious, I don't care. Because honestly, what I care about is going to be the epicness, the visuals, who's going to die, who's going to live in this epic battle. And until then, honestly, I'd rather just have the entire first three episodes stay at Winterfell because King's Landing is just kind of meh right now. It's kind of boring. Now, here I'm going to swing back because it is a little after the episode took place and I'm starting to forget what happened when, but when Tyrion and Sansa had their first talk since they met back up, you know, since King Joffrey's little party that was a combo that I've been waiting for and I didn't even think I'd be missing them you know as a couple but I kind of do low-key I feel like they are so funny together he's like making clips about Joffrey she's kind of giving him like a side-eye kind of look and this is again this is another reunion that like I didn't expect to see this season well yeah I did I expected to see this season and this episode but it's like I wasn't expecting to miss it so much or like want it so much sorry I'm mincing my words here tonight but I honestly just loved it I loved their little conversation I loved her you know little snide remark about like oh yeah I once thought you were the smartest man which I thought was interesting I thought that she her thinking that he was the smartest man in the world was actually really fascinating 
uh, because I didn't really get that from when they first met, but I guess, you know, Sansa was taking in everything, and she was observing when she was in King's Landing, and, you know, maybe she did think that, I just didn't get that from their relationship, but just that comment, you know, when he was talking about how Cersei was going to bring her men up to Winterfell, and Sansa just saying that, it, it threw me off, because I wasn't expecting that from her. But I was, you know, snapping my fingers. I was like, yes, yes, you're so right, honestly. Because I just still don't get how he doesn't see that she is never going to help him. You know, Cersei is for Cersei. She's not bringing her men up. And Tyrion, I don't know what she said to him, but she must have been a damn good liar. Because season two Tyrion, season three Tyrion would not have fallen for this shit. And again, it's kind of like, in a way, it made me laugh because so many complaints from season seven was how Tyrion, you know, he became less of the man that he was. He was this powerhouse of genius in season two. You know, when he was Hand of the King to Joffrey, he was slaying the game in politics. But now, it's like, all the decisions he makes backfire. And it's happened time and time again. It happened with the Tyrells. It happened with the Martells. It happened with Cersei now. And he keeps making these stupid mistakes. You know, I thought you were the smartest man in the world. What happened, Tyrion? What happened? I don't know. But it was a conversation I really enjoyed seeing. It's a conversation I wasn't expecting to love as much as I did. And it was a real standout for me. move on to Daenerys and Jon on their little date and Jon riding the dragon. Jon riding the dragon. Again, this is something I wasn't expecting to see in the first episode. I feel like I keep saying that a lot, but I honestly didn't have as high hopes as I did and I think that's why I liked it a little more than I thought I would. It was epic. <laughs> that's all I can really say it was epic it was amazing it was something that I've been waiting for I know that fans have been waiting for it for years for to see John ride a dragon and I'm so happy that he did I'm so happy I was so just in awe you know it was beautiful the visuals were gorgeous and it was something that I honestly was not expecting and so happy to finally see in the show now when they got to their little date, I thought it was so cute. Kind of gave me, you know, Egret vibes when he brought her over to the waterfall. And I thought of, you know, Egret and John in the cave. And it just gave me those kinds of vibes. But I thought it was so cute. It was so sweet. You know, not thinking again that, you know, aunt and nephew, I guess. But I thought it was really cute. You know, the little look Drogon gave to John. It was, uh, it was really funny. You know, I feel like the dragon kind of knew. He was like, yeah. Yeah, that's your aunt, bruh. You're kissing your aunt. And then we also got, before that whole date scene, we got Davos and Tyrion discussing the proposal of the proposal for Jon and Daenerys to finally get married. I mean, honestly, after Jon found out tonight, which, yeah, 
spoiler to the end of this podcast, we're going to talk about it more. John found out that he is the rightful heir to the Iron Throne and the son of Lyanna and Rhaegar. Now, I think that after Daenerys finds this out, I think she will totally be on board for that proposal. She'll be like, oh, oh yeah, this, this is what I wanted all along. Totally, totally, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just marry me so that I can be queen and you can be king. Because, you know, like, it's, it's totally fine. It's totally fine, you know. I'm, I'm not the heir, but, but I can be the queen. I can be the queen. And controversial opinion, I think Daenerys would be a better ruler than Jon as a sitting I was, like, sitting on the throne, personally. I think John's great in wartime. Of course, he's no Robert Baratheon, but John's a good wartime conflict-resolving ruler. But I just think Daenerys would make such a better queen. She has the mind for politics. John doesn't really have that. Daenerys can see things before they happen. I think Daenerys takes people's advice a little more than John does. He's more, you know, headstrong, a little more impulsive than she is, which I know is kind of... Some people might have opposite opinions on that. I just... The way I view the characters, I just think John. he thinks with his heart. He's impulsive. He makes a lot of good decisions. But I think Daenerys takes in her counsel a little more. Daenerys checks herself a little more. And Daenerys thinks with her head more, which is why I just personally think... She's a better ruler for just, you know, regular days, but for wartime, John is great. But I think as a couple, they'd be a powerhouse. They'd be killer together. And I think Daenerys will be totally on board for that when she finds out that she is not the rightful heir to the Iron Throne and the Seven Kingdoms. Now, following that scene in the cute little date comes, well, comes Bran a little bit, you know, just chilling in that chair. And, more importantly, comes Sam and Daenerys' meet-up with Jorah. When Daenerys comes and she thanks Sam for, you know, saving Jorah. And then, you know, Samuel Tarly and his family's demise gets revealed. When Daenerys tells him that she executed his father and his brother. Now, I honestly didn't think that this was going to be that big of a deal coming into season 8, but it's something that I overlooked and I never realized just how upsetting it would be for Sam. And it was it was devastating to watch, honestly, just watching him try to keep it together. I think he did a great job acting the scene out. It was so hard to watch and I almost want Daenerys to, you know, show a little more sympathy, you know try to explain herself a little more, try to give some, I know it wouldn't have helped, but I just feel like I wanted her to care a little more, not care, but to just show more pity towards him, do something, anything, whether it was offering, you know, some reconciliation or any kind of money or whatever. I just, I just wish there was more from her from that. But, you know, it's understandable. It was a very awkward situation she was put under. And he was, of course, upset and mad. And he goes right to Bran, who's just sitting in the chair, waiting for a quote-unquote old friend. Who, of course, when he said that, I was like, ah, Jamie, 
can't wait for him, can't wait to see him this episode. So, Bran tells Sam to go tell John, which at that moment I was literally, like, clutching my sheets, and I was like, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, he's gonna, he's gonna go, he's gonna tell John, and I was so excited for it, uh, but, oh, and I almost forgot something that I forgot that I probably shouldn't have forgotten was, um, beyond rescuing Yara, which, uh, it was cool, it was great, I knew it was gonna happen, I was waiting for it, I was kind of expecting it, not gonna lie, it was not that wonderful as I was hoping, but whatever, it was quick, it was easy, and then Yara tells him that he can go fight at Winterfell while she stays at the Iron Islands. Smart, smart girl, snaps for her, queen, but not really that important, Theon's gonna go to Winterfell, kind of expecting it, and that was it. Now, John gets his lineage revealed to him by Sam. So first, Sam comes in to the crypts of Winterfell, where John's, you know, staring up, brooding, and Sam is all, you know, fired up, he's like, Daenerys, you know, she killed my parents, well, not my parents, she killed my dad, she killed my brother, um, you know, kind of questioning her leadership, questioning John's decision to follow her, questioning, questioning John's decision to love her, and, you know, kind of asking him if, would she give up her crown for you, for the good of the other people? And honestly, I don't think she would. But that's just because she's been working so hard to be a ruler, to be a leader, specifically the leader of Westeros. So I honestly think that Daenerys wouldn't because this is like her lifelong dream. Jon's lifelong dream has always been to just keep everyone safe, to, you know, be a team player, not the team leader kind of thing. Jon's not about that life and Daenerys is all about that life that's what makes them different you know they're not the same in terms of leadership John doesn't want to be king and Daenerys wants to be queen so I don't think it's fair putting that question onto her because it's like asking someone who wants to be a doctor and someone who doesn't want to be a doctor you know what like if you ask the person that doesn't want to be a doctor would you give up being a doctor to you know, save someone's life, to do something or whatever, and then you ask someone who does want to be a doctor if they would give up being a doctor. That's a bad analogy, honestly, I'm not good at analogies at all, but I just think that it, it, it's a ridiculous question to ask. She's been fighting for this her entire life, and John hasn't, so it's not really a fair question. Sorry, not sorry. To all those Jon Snow is the better ruler fans, but my girl Danny, she was meant to be queen. But Sam comes in, you know, hot and heavy. He's upset. Of course he's upset. It's totally understandable, and I think it was a really good moment for Sam to tell Jon, even though I was kind of hoping he wouldn't. And of course Jon is taken aback. He is like, whoa. You know, when Sam revealed, like, you're not just king of the north, you're the king of the whole seven kingdoms. Sam was like, what? Or John is like, what? 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 Kind of thing. You know? You know? I feel like you know. But yeah, John is taken aback. He is not sure. He's questioning Sam. He's like, um, uh, are you sure? Are you sure about that? And then when Sam, you know, goes into detail about 
Rhaegar and Lyanna. John is, of course, even more confused. He's questioning Sam even harder, you know, saying, like, would you call my father Ned Stark a liar? And just after Sam explains, you can almost see the cogs turning in John's head where he's realizing he's more than a bastard. You know, everything he knew in his life was a lie. He is the rightful heir. And I wonder how much of a shift that's going to cause in him and Daenerys' relationship. Of course, I think this will make her so much more ready to just be like, yeah, let's get married. You know, I think this will, like, push her. This will be the catalyst. Because, you know, before she's, like, independent woman. She's like, I'm the queen. I'm the rightful heir. When she realizes she's not the rightful heir and her man's the rightful heir, she's going to be like, let's get married. (laughs) I feel like that's honestly going to happen. And you know what? I hope it does because that's probably the best decision for her just to be like, yep, let's get married. (laughs) I'm pregnant, by the way. Yeah, I think she's pregnant, too. And I think that's going to come out next episode, hopefully. Yeah, so I'm interested to see, though, John's, you know, I think we got to see a little bit his perspective on it. You know, you can see the cogs turning. You can see him almost thinking about it in not a very brooding, sad way, which is interesting because I think this is going to be like a new, like it's going to turn a new page for him. It's going to make him so much happier, so much brighter. He's going to be a ray of sunshine. No, of course not. (laughs) He's not. But uh, I think it'll just make him see the world in a new light now that he knows that he he could have it all. I don't think it's going to turn him into like a dick or anything. I just think it'll, I don't know, make him make him a little more willing to be a king. Which is not bad, because, like I said, I think John would be a good ruler for certain periods of time. And he's really good at conflict resolution, so. I mean, did you see what he did with Sansa and Daenerys at the end when he was talking to Sansa? I mean, I don't know about you, but to me that'd be so hard to, like, talk to someone at, like, talk someone out of a fight is hard. So, like, the way he did it with Sansa to, like, kind of get him on Daenerys' side a little bit, I... I respected that. I respected the hell out of that. Now, finally, well, not finally, two more things. So my last, my second to last thing will be about watching the Army of the Dead go through Karstarks. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> um, watching, you know, Torment and Derek come upon the keep and finding the little lord dead. It was actually kind of scary. Honestly, I think this is a great example of how Game of Thrones mixes horror in with fantasy and, you know, the epic drama of Game of Thrones. Because there's so much that goes on. I think this episode had so much. It was comedic. It was, it had action. It had adventure. It had fantasy. And it had horror, you know, when they come upon his body and it's, like, in that spiral shape that we, that was a callback from season one and season five. It was incredible. Um, because it, it was terrifying. It was incredibly terrifying. And then when his body, when he opened his eyes and his body just, you know, it, it was insane. Uh, I don't want to spoil too, too much because it's something you kind of have to see, really, but it's insane it's bloody it's gory it's you know incredibly horrifying like I said and 
when he, Derek lights the boy on fire, it's it's really sad because, you know, in the beginning of the episode, John sends this kid basically to his death. You know, tells him to go and bring his people over, but the army of the dead apparently met him there and all hell broke loose. But it honestly made me really excited to see what the army of the dead will do at Winterfell, you know, made me more excited for the battle, and as we saw from the trailer for the next episode, Tormund and Derek and all of them make it to Winterfell before the Army of the Dead, which was one of their concerns in this episode, where they're talking about, you know, how they have to get horses and have them ride all the way to Winterfell, just, you know, to make it in time before the dead arrive. Now, my final thing I want to talk about before I get into the next episode, the trailer for the next episode, is Jamie and Bran's meetup. Boy, oh boy, was that a stare down? That was like, literally Bran sitting there like, bitch, I remember you fucking push me off the tower. I remember you ho. Fucking fight me. Like, Bran was given that like, fight me look. And Jamie just like, looks at him like, damn. Like, fuck. Like, I should, I should be with Cersei. Like, bye. Like, I was that was that was intense man I that was a great ending to that episode great ending honestly I think that it was just so perfect it was perfect that was an ending for the episode that I was not expecting and it was something that honestly fit it so well and I'm so excited just like for their epic showdown I hope Bran roasts the shit out of Jamie when they meet up I know he won't but I want him to because that was like some club shit that was like when you (laughs) that was like catching your ex at a bar or something you know not at a bar what am I fucking talking about like catching your ex somewhere and you're just like staring them down like hey bitch remember when you cheated on me that kind of thing, you know, I'm bad at analogies, but that's just what it felt like, and it was so perfect, and it was so beautiful, and the fucking Twitter was blowing up about it, laughing their asses off, and so was I, oh, and then it went black, and I was like, damn, that was a solid episode, (laughs) um, so for that episode, for the first episode of season eight, I would give it a solid, I mean, I'm gonna say a nine out of ten, honestly, not perfect but it was a solid episode it was great for game of thrones for season eight i think it's a great start um again a couple things could have been switched around a couple things could have been fixed honestly king's landing is going to be a snooze fest until after episode three and i'm not going to care about it until after episode three you know the golden company whatever yaron theon whatever you're on just die already you're literally you're on time like He's, like, wasting screen time at this point. <sighs> but, still, I'm giving it a 9 out of 10. And that's where I'm going to leave it. Now, for the trailer for episode 2, looks insane. It's all the political maneuvering before the big battle. And all the clips I've seen are so cool. It looks really intense. It looks like everyone's gearing up. It looks like the battle for Blackwater in season 2, but everything before the fight. You know what I mean? Like, before uh, the wildfire was put in the sea, and the arrow was shot, and then the big boom. 
on those Baratheon ships. That's what it reminds me of. Like, everything before that, which was probably my favorite part of the episode. Of course, the battle was amazing in Blackwater, and it's one of the best Game of Thrones episodes ever. But I think the political stuff going on, you know, upstairs with Sansa and Cersei was so great. And just all, you know, the stuff like Tyrion and Joffrey, their whole little, you know, chit-chats in the middle of it were... It was just really nice, and it was really cool, and it was really intense, and it was my favorite part of that entire episode, was just everything before the battle, because even though the battle was great, I love some good character development, scenes, some good, you know, political maneuvering, all that stuff, and I think that's what season eight, episode two will be. It'll be about, you know, figuring everything out, dealing with Jamie which is going to be a huge thing, uh, dealing with John's lineage, dealing with the crown, and who will, who is entitled to the Iron Throne, but honestly, I think they will put that all aside at the end of the episode, and they will be ready for this battle, and then season eight, episode three, will begin with the battle, and it'll end with the battle, and that is how epic it is going to be, because I have the highest hopes for that episode, and all of you should too, because this is going to be a great season, I can already feel it, and I'm going to put it out there, you know, put it out into the universe. High hopes for this season because it is going to be a grade A Game of Thrones season. And a game a grade A Game of Thrones year. Now, I hope you guys like this podcast. It is called The Bee Story. And I am your host, Maddie. And that's about it. I'm out for the night. And I hope you guys enjoyed it.